Most of the time, he talks it out with the voices in his head. Other times, he gets an artist to answer his questions, and you get to listen to it here. Welcome to Toad's Tunes. Welcome to another episode of Toad's Tunes, sitting here today with Mr. Ward Davis. How are you, sir? Good, good, man. Welcome to Las Vegas. Yeah, man. I'm Vegas. I'm glad I'm not going to be here long. No? Vegas uh, isn't good to oh, you? Oh, dude. I, I got married here once. Uh... I always lose money. I mean, it's just, it's, you know. What's your game? What do you play? Man, I I play, I like to play the pair plus on three-card poker. Okay. And that's it. That's I don't, it. I don't pay the ante or play the, the dealer. I just, I've never played that. I do play a lot of Texas Hold'em, but. Uh, yeah, I'll get in some, some games sometimes. My uh, bass player, he's a, a degenerate gambler, and he's always looking for a poker game. Right. I go with him sometimes. That's funny. There used to be a poker room in a place up the street called the Silverton, and all the truck drivers would park there. Yeah. And I would walk in there if I ever needed a couple hundred bucks because half the time they're drunk off their ass or tired as shit, <laughs> and they just sit there with their cards like this, and it just makes life easy. So I was just... 200 short for rent. <laughs> go find some drunk truckers. <laughs> Let's go find some drunk truckers. Dude, so I did do just a brief kind of look back. You write a lot, it seems. Uh, you know, You've had some cuts from some big people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I've, I used to write a lot. I don't I don't really anymore. I just I kind of write when I want to now, but I used to, like, yeah, you know, two three times, two three songs a day sometimes. Really, and just just lost that, or do you still write for yourself, or you just don't well, like to write for other people? Well, at the time, it was uh, the the sole purpose was to write for other people, and it, it just it, most of it had nothing to do with me. It was I had publishers who wanted songs that sounded a certain way, and so right. I was always trying to, you know, hey, Kenny Chesney's doing a new record, so I was trying to like listen to Kenny Chesney's records and. And try to write songs like that as opposed to just you know writing what I like to write. Right. So what do you do now? You just write for yourself? Like when you... yeah, I mean, I, I, um, I, I'm either writing for myself or I'm writing with somebody that uh, that I, I like enjoy writing with. It's not like a uh, I don't put myself under any pressure anymore to finish right. a song. How long you been in Nashville? You're from Arkansas, right? Yeah, I grew up in Arkansas. I moved to Nashville in 2000, so 20 years. What packed up your your brain in a sense and said I need to go to Nashville? Was it the writing side of it all? Um, no, not really. I I was um I did write, but I wanted to be a, a singer, and so uh, when I got to Nashville, I realized that uh, a lot of singers were writers. And they have publishers, and publishers would pay for them to record their songs. Right. And I thought, well, hey, there's a way to, you know, get some recording done. So I started writing, like, all the time. You've watched Nashville change over 20 years. Uh-huh. Do you think that uh, it's for the better? Mm-mm. No? No, no. God, no. What do you think so so different? Other than the fact that they're building up and not doing shit for the roads. <laughs> oh, God, dude. Uh, I-24's been under construction since I've been there, so... Uh, I mean, I don't think it's. I think it's bad for the art form. I think the music that's coming out of Nashville. I don't think it's necessarily. You can't fault them for, like having doing business. You know, like trying to make money. I get it. Like that's we all try to do that. But, uh, you know, it's it's like. The 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 art form is just kind of being left behind by sure, by these guys who. You know, more or less profess that, you know, I love I love it when I hear, like, a pop country song that has some guy singing about listening to Hank. 
You're rapping about listening to Hank. Like, which Hank, first of all? Dick. <laughs> Hank the 13th. Yeah. And it's just, man, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm a big... I'm a big country music fan, and, and that shit that they're putting out of Nashville just isn't. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, there's um, Lizzo, I think her name is. or some, mm. um, She just said something about trying to get rid of uh, the word genre, period. Because the end of the day is if someone says something about country, uh, there's traditional, there's pop, there's all this mainstream stuff. I have a... Um, my buddy R- Renee that works here w- with me, he, he believes that the new country, there's nothing different than that in hip-hop. Um, it's the same thing because you just said it in a sense. It's it's, no, it's yeah. rapping about. Well, the, I mean, the music industry, you know, for for a while now has been like a young man's game. Sure. So, uh, you know, when Garth Brooks became famous, when Clint Black became famous, uh, they became famous. They were young guys. You know, they were in their early mid twenties. They weren't like right. You know, Forty. And I know, but I know what it's like to be that age. And man, they the, the music that they were playing was based on the music that had influenced them, the generation sure. before them, and the generation before them was, uh, you know, more country. Like uh, the guys that are, are are putting music out now. I mean, it's just you know, by the time you're 35, it's 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 really hard to get anything going. So these these guys are really young. They grew up in the in the 2000s. Like I grew up in the 90s in Southeast Arkansas. Like I was forced Merle Haggard. I mean, I, right. I was forced to love it, and I, and I do. And I was and with you know all country music, Willie Nelson and Johnny Horton. But you know, in the 2000s, everybody had access to all this music. It was very easy to, was, put, to put your hands on it. It was yeah. very easy, and so like you know, the kids in Arkansas started listening to. Uh, you know, like Dr. Dre and shit. Like, I mean, the, the the music of today's generation was influenced by a lot of different genres. So I get it why they're going to lean that way because they're appealing to the... They're still in that that niche where they understand what's coming up behind them. Man, that just... I, I think country music was, was meant to be like a... a, a you know, like that thing about real life that we could all we could all look at like i mean rock and roll uh you know and it's like i want to hold your hand and i'm not saying all rock and rolls like that like some of it's mushroom trippy crazy but uh but like they had that they had this fairy tale shit covered with with you know bubblegum rock and there wasn't like bubblegum country it was just country it was about it's a fair statement yeah and now it's just it's about the bubblegum things I make this statement quite often about an entitled number one. Mm. And I think that um, my girlfriend's younger than me. I'm a lot, lot, I got a few years on her. And I, we, every now and then we'll listen to what they consider classic rock. And you go back to something, you hear ELO mm. or REO Speedwagon or the Doobie Brothers. I can listen to them today like I did back then. Just like you can listen to Merle Haggard, Willie Nelson. Hank today like you did back then but that's why I always say to her I'm like okay so this song just went number one do you think in 20 years anyone's going to remember that yeah song? no it's forgettable it's the well there it's there's like there has to be a formula like there I never I never went by a formula I mean I guess I kind of did when I needed to and shit but uh there's this formula that's turned into like it's not it's not like the formula anymore it's just like copy that do that do do exactly that like, yeah just change the just change some words around and do, do a couple of, of of the the 
chord changes differently. It's same tempo, same beat. Same right. This. It's it's lacking creativity. Yeah, it's a fun. Yeah. I I would I would be lying to you. There's some pop stuff that I do listen to, the pop country stuff. I don't I don't hate it all, but there's some that I listen to that. Uh, I go to and I just I don't I don't understand it and then there's some that I, I listen to and I go eh, I can relate to that I see where that's coming from um, I've, I've said this story before Sam Hunt mm-hmm. uh, was not a fan when I first heard him at mm-hmm. all was like I don't even understand he's just literally rapping mm-hmm. and then I saw uh, something on TV about him and where he came from he was from Arkansas Alabama uh, Alabama sorry Alabama yeah. then he played football mm-hmm. uh, then he moved to Nashville and the first producer he met understood his roots mm-hmm. and so it kind of made him who it was, and he didn't change, which I thought was really cool because now after watching that and seeing that, he didn't change for anything, but just he's still a country boy, yeah. but he was influenced by the R&B side of it all. Yeah. So I, I wasn't mad at what he did, and then I listened to his uh, Behind the Pines album and was like all acoustic, just him and a keyboard, and I went, holy cow, this is pretty neat. And then yeah. you, he's got four or five cuts on there that went number one, Billy Currington, Keith Urban, and you just sit back and go, okay. There's some respect there. Yeah, man, Sam's an incredibly talented dude. I've, I've, I'm actually met him and we wrote a couple of songs together years uh, right after he got to town. His the producer, his name was Jimmy Ritchie, and he's just a guy that I've worked with, and he uh, he brought me in to write with Sam. Yes, yeah, dude, Sam is like, and and it's that's the whole thing. It's hard to you you can hate on these guys. I mean, it, it is, but it but they're doing what they need to do to be successful like it's not 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 that sam's violating his his roots or anything but obviously what he's doing fits into what the the uh you know the oh fuck what the the mission statement of the record label says sure well they're all about the bottom dollar yeah they really don't care about too much about the artist right yeah and and sam's not uh you know he knows he knows how to work within those parameters right that's you know good on him i I just i couldn't (laughs) sure you know what's the first song you ever learned how to play Uh, i mean i took piano lessons when i was like seven to eleven when i was like right around ten i started playing like garth brooks songs on the piano and uh actually played the dance at my fifth grade band concert Wow, with the with the band or just by yourself? Just by myself on the piano. Wow. But yeah, I think pro- that's probably like the first song I learned because I wanted to learn it. The rest of it was like your folks musicians? Mm-mm. No. no. What 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 who got you into playing a piano? Uh, dad bought a piano and he bought me and my sister piano lessons from the band teacher at the school where we went. And uh yeah, I don't know. I think they figured out that I was Maybe not a, a great piano player, but I was better than my sister. <laughs> right? Your sister doesn't play anymore or anything? No, she and she was like five years older than me. So right, uh, that's funny. They knew I was like they knew I was musical. They they dad jokes about still like listening to me sing uh, "Boot Scootin' Boogie" in the back of the car on a vacation. There you go. Before my voice had changed. <laughs> right. It was like it was it was high enough then. Yeah. That's pretty funny. My my son. Uh, I gave him piano lessons. Um, I wanted him to learn how to read music. I've mm-hmm. always been musically inclined. I, I fiddle, fart around with a couple of instruments, but never been in a band. Don't ever want to be in a band. Don't ever want to sit with anybody like that. But 
I wanted to open his eyes to something. And he was the only kid in sixth grade when we went to school at that band. Mm-hmm. The teacher handed out all this music, and he was sitting down on the drums, and they put it down, and he read the music thing and just started playing it. And the teacher stopped and asked him, what, like, you're, you're, I've never had a student come in playing the drums that knew how to read music. Like, it was... And oh wow, man! Best best thing for him because today in this day, like he can go back and still look at it and be able to play the piano, kind of. Dude, uh, yeah, like I took that with when I when I took piano lessons. Like I can't read music. Like I, I guess I used to kinda. Right. Like, I can't at all now. But uh, like I did, I did retain like the reading the the uh, you know the notes as far as like how much of the measure they took up quarter notes, half notes, right notes, and that kind of shit. I actually got a that's funny you said that. The same thing happened to me when I was. Uh, 18, I needed some scholarship money to go to school, so I went and auditioned for the marching band at the University of Arkansas at Monticello. They needed an extra bass drummer. Right. And the band director said, can you read music? I said, no. And he said, can you read you know, uh, measures of tempo? And I was like, yes. And he showed it. He said, play this. And I, you know played it and he gave me like three quarters of my tuition beautiful yeah <laughs> so it did work out thanks dad thanks yeah. dad dude 2019 you did some traveling yeah what was your what was your what was your highlight of 2019 what was a favorite thing that you'll take if someone says goes back and said you're 2019 on the road writing whatever what was like your your highlight something you look back and go hell yeah i did that in 2019 fucking hard on me man yeah just lots of traveling or just lots of oh uh, like personally i got divorced in 2018 and then i got remarried in 2019 so i had a lot of shit going on uh let's just stick to musically yeah musically <laughs> um what musically uh y- you know uh i had cody jinx had those records come out last year and uh i had three songs on the records and they both debuted at number one so that was beautiful uh i don't get i don't get anything that that didn't happen a lot in nashville you know right uh since the game's kind of changed it's really cool to like fall in with this group of guys and get to contribute to it would you consider that sound like kind of like the texas kind of country thing or do you look at yourself a little bit different than that uh no you know shit i don't i don't I'm not trying to make a career in Texas. Like, I'm, um, I, I'm just, I, fuck, I don't know, man. I just kind of do what I do. Like, yeah, it's, ain't nothing wrong with that, man. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I, I don't really, I know it's country. Like, I know that. And I know, you know, what I what I came from and where I learned how to write and all that. But I just, I, it's always, it has always been that thing where, like, I know it's country, but it doesn't really fit in anywhere. Like, yeah. So. It's it's tough out there because, you know, we, we advertise online our app. And we get a lot of people that that love it, and they're very vocal with love it. We get a lot of people that go on there and say, uh, that's not fucking country, and they'll call it pop country shit. And then they'll listen to other stuff when they hear, like, we play some Cody Jinx, we play um, Cody Johnson, we play Casey Donahue, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And then we get this response back of, dude, I really dig that kind of stuff, but uh, it's not going to appeal to everybody. That's why you have so many different levels of country i think that's kind of funny that but it would be like uh, you know i think in a a perfect world like uh seems like there'd be room for all that like you know if okay say for instance uh I, i don't know the names of any current country songs but let's say for instance that this song you know blue jean 
Baby Fireball Girl or whatever. And uh, Pickup Truck song. I don't know. Like, these two songs. What if they sounded exactly the same? Which, they, I'm sure they do. Right. On the radio right now, these two songs. So, what if you just, like, bumped one of those out and then put, like, you know, played some Stapleton or played some Jinx or played yeah. some Sturgill or just fucking something. Right. Like, it seems like there'd be room for all that instead of having two songs that sound... So, on, on and, terrestrial. And on terrestrial radio. And... I don't know how these boneheads don't realize that that would improve their listenership. Like, it, I don't get it. Because people would sit through Cody to listen to Florida, Florida Georgia Line and vice versa. You sure. Know? Well, you know what? 20 years ago, I used to four-wall the House of Blues here, and I would take three or four bands, all from different genres. And what did that do? It introduced people to different artists, and uh, it got more people to come out. You might be traditional. You might be pop. You might be punk. Well, if I put all three of these on there, it's a different fan base. It's all going to cross over. What do you got? I mean, yeah. that was that's the idea of country AF radio is not necessarily just to play the music, but everyone is out there. They're, they're learning about music socially. Mm-hmm. And in this digital world, you can get whatever you want. If I want to listen to one song or 20 songs by you, I can find it. Whether I go to YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, your website, it doesn't matter. I'm going to find it. All you got to do is say my name, like, you know. Yeah. And, and hey, Siri. Yeah, I want to know about Ward Davis. Yeah, there it goes. See, she's yeah. already trying to figure you out. Jeez. But that's 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 the neatest part about it is we have people that come here and they know about these artists. So I just made a post the other day uh, on Stoney's page and I said, let us know who you want to see at Stoney's in uh, 2020. Like almost 200 people went on there and told us about artists. A lot of them I heard of. But what's neat is I get this handful that I've never heard of before. Mm-hmm. So I get to go out and I spend a couple hours a day and I just go out and I look for new music because that's what we want to do here is bring in new artists and like expose other artists or ones that are up and coming that that will never get a chance of radio at all funny story for you um we've been around 12 years you understand the radio tour like when an artist has a single and they do the radio tour nine times out of ten they don't even play your song it's bullshit it's bullshit it's total bullshit so i just got a phone call and they said they wanted to bring this artist in here on a saturday i'm like do you play him on your station oh i have to get back to you and check that well how are you sending me a radio artist that's coming in on a radio tour that it's going to be a listener appreciation show, but you don't even play his music. Mm-hmm. Where's the logic in that? I've done that, yeah. Come on, play at our festival. We're not going to add your record. What's the point? Dude, I can't remember the guy's name. I was in Vegas. I had this little record deal on this little label in Nashville about uh, 10, 11, 12 years ago. I can't remember. Uh, but I had a single... They they put a single out and I was they were doing the whole thing man I came to Vegas I can't remember the guy's name he was a I think he was a music director he was also an on air personality guy big guy wild brown hair anyway man uh, this guy like promised me he told me that he was gonna have my record like he was like, I mean he looked me right in the eye right. and told me and uh, through some weird kind of something I had like met marie osmond online on facebook she had a secret facebook account right and i had a friend that i was friends with and anyway so i got me and marie osmond and i figured out who it was and told her i was going to be in vegas and she said come to the show come hang out and so i took this program director man we hung out with donnie and marie like had a great night and man he got shit face drunk and just swore up and down he was going to play my record never did never played it i think i, I think they did it once on like a you know who's it going to be zach brown or ward davis's new single right like one of those things so yeah you got the one media based thing just one yeah that's it and 
uh, it, that's that's all that ever happened with that single. I don't. For me, it's kind of like I sit back and I, I fight with the radio stations here because I say the same thing. I'll, there's there's two of them here, and I'll call them and be like, "Hey, man, we got this artist coming up. You guys want to do some stuff with them? Are you guys playing their single?" They're like, "No," and I'm like, "Why not?" And they'll say, "Well." That single's okay, but they don't have anything to follow it. And then I just stop and go, did you do any research? Have you even listened to them or seen seen what their history is on Spotify? One yeah. of them is a guy by the name of Austin Burke. He's he's an up-and-comer. He had one single that had like 51 million streams of a song on uh, Spotify. Huge. Geez. And two behind it, both of them over 10 million. And they came back and said to me, yeah, he's got nothing to follow. And I'm like, well, the fans are saying something different because 10 million people is a lot of people mm -hmm. that are listening to it. So I get frustrated in that because... I know what we have the ability to play. People can thumbs up, thumbs down. They do it all day long. I have 20,000 people a month telling me what they want to listen to cons consistently yeah. as we grow. I mean, proof is in the pudding. You said it perfect. Why wouldn't you listen to a Florida Georgia line and then follow it up with a nice little two-step or a waltz by someone that's on their way? I mean, it's kind of. I think that's what they used to do. Like, I mean, watermelon crawl and then, you know, ships that don't come in. Like, right. It was, it was cool. Like, well, you, you'll see tonight. Uh, we'll play three or four line dances, and then you'll get two or three two steps with a with, with a waltz th thrown in there because people listen to it and they dance. I mean, I'll show it to you tonight. I'm not dancing. I'm not saying you are. Well, I'll I can't. I don't. I, well, it's I'm, terrible. I'm not doing that. What shit is this? Either. Why is That's this? That's yours. It's yours. There's a a <laughs> scrunchie, a little leopard. It's a leopard scrunchie. Scrunch. I honestly don't know where that came from. Huh? What are you looking forward to in 2020? You gonna do some more writing, more touring? Um, I'm gonna put a record out this year. That's I finished last year. Um, I think I might go cut one more song though. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I'm just. I'm. I'm actually not going to tour as much this year. I'm going to take about uh, ten days off a month. Uh, just. I got two little girls, man. I need to spend time with them. So, right. How um, old are they? Uh, almost two and four. Dude, that's a handful. That's with the new wife. Uh, oh, no, that's not with the new wife. No, that's with no, the ex-wife. Ex-wife. Yeah. She's still in Na Nashville. Yeah, Hartsville, which is like an hour out of out of Nashville, and then I live in Gainesboro, which is even further. Right. Sweet. Well, well it's all, I can't afford to live downtown, man. It's why would you expensive. want to? Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> I go down there, and I'm just in awe because I just see legit everything going straight up, and I'm like, these roads suck. Oh, dude. Like, there was yeah, like parking parking lots that you would have like ten years ago would have thought this is this. What a wasted piece of property! This this neighborhood's so awful. Now it's got a you know thirty story condo on. Right, dude. I kind of like get the 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 giggles when I hear that they say that all the 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 bachelorettes that used to come to Vegas all go to Broadway now. And oh the, yeah, yeah, dude. It's like the biggest bachelorette party city in the country. And the money those bars are making is unreal. Of Jello shots of Jello shots yeah. and paying a band. See, this is what kills me about it as well. Is you have these artists down there. A lot of them are good. A lot of them, I don't. I think that that's just what they are going to be the the cover band thing. But they don't pay them anything. They pay them nothing. Twenty five bucks for a night or something like that. You got to oh, play for no, four yeah. hours Even plus tips. People, people pay to play down there, man. It's it's not. They do make uh, man. Those the tips. Those, yeah, and they're pretty substantial. Like yeah. I mean, as as a general rule, you can make more money downtown than you can doing this. Like, All right. I can't play. Like if my guys were Broadway guys, I couldn't pay them enough to keep them out here. Right. So I've seen the difference, and I've had an artist come in here that plays down there a lot. I'll never bring him back because yeah. they're just a different breed. You're a different breed than what a Broadway player is. Yeah, I never. I, I mean, I used to go down there and get drunk like everybody else, but you know, back when you could walk down there without you know having to 
wade through a sea of people. Right. It's so bad. Oh yeah, I, dude. I used to get drunk, dance on the bar at Tootsie's. Like, I mean, nobody said shit. Like, right. It was, it was like a that was the long. norm. They're like, yeah. oh, that's just Ward. It's Friday. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Ward's night. Uh, if you could put together like your ultimate like tour and put the bands on with you, who who, who would you want to play with? Obviously, you're gonna play, but and like, what's your favorite place been to play as well? Uh, man, I really like Omaha and and Cincinnati. This is actually my first time to play in Vegas. I, I think, like that. I think. Um, yeah, dude, it's it's hit and miss. Like, we're I'm still kind of feeling it out. We we uh, we just did. You know, we started this tour in Eugene, Oregon, and Eugene was like I don't know. We had like 150 people, but then we sold out uh, Seattle, and we sold out canby oregon which is right outside of portland right um so it's like everything's growing so like sometimes i'll i'm I'm going one place on this tour this time that i absolutely do not want to go to and i'm never going back and i haven't even gone there yet but i swear to god i'm never going back where's that i'm not saying it but (laughs) it's just like the shittiest fucking town that i've ever seen in my life and yeah well you can get mad at your true get guys for for, oh yeah i am so, like, if you could go on tour with somebody, who who would you like to jump on with? Man, I'd I'd wanna I, I I toured a lot with with my buddy Cody Jinks, man, and we always had like just a great time. So I'd 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 wanna tour. I always love touring with him. Like, if it's a fantasy tour, you know, like yeah. Uh, what are the parameters? Can they be alive or dead? Or doesn't matter, man. <laughs> I mean, it's like, like well, it can't be dead. I mean, shit can't do that not 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 hologram show but i'm just saying like in this year if you could get together with a couple of guys you've always wanted to play with like and just go play at some place like obviously man co- i'd probably go do some shows with uh maybe like jamie johnson i think i'd yeah. enjoy that and uh shit man alex williams said the same thing did he really yeah yes, jamie's i have a lot of respect for jamie man he's very he's he's nobody but jamie you yeah know? so I think that's what you, what you can be today too, mm-hmm. and we have got people out there that are paving that road to allow. I mean, we had Ashley McBride come through here, and two weeks later she blew up. We could never even afford oh, her yeah, again. Oh yeah, she's but. great. Yes, that see Ash, Ashley's one of those. She's kind of like a little beacon down there, man. Yeah. She's doing her thing, and she's being her. That's what the neatest part is for me is she's just being her. Luke yeah. Combs kind of did the same thing. The guys that write with him have come through here, and I mean Luke played here and he opened for Corey Smith mm. years ago. Wow. I, I sit back and I'm like, I'm proud of him. He's a heavy dude. He doesn't give a shit. He is who he is and he does what he wants to do. Yeah, I think he's paving the road for that. That's cool. Yeah, I, 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 I always like, not that he's ugly, but always like, I'm, I, you know, I'm not, I'm a big burly bearded hairy dude like it's it always makes me feel good when another good uh, not so great looking guy does well dude i mean you take ash mcbride's latest single i don't know if you've heard it yet about uh the one night standards mm-hmm. have you heard yeah, that yeah, yeah. Dude, who else could put that out and get away with it yeah not too many people dude can't do that like he'd be a chauvinist pig yeah like and not too many chicks could have sang that song and got away with it but she can there are some good i've i've heard some good songs like mainstream shit in the last couple of years that i've really dug most of it was girls though. yeah like, it was um uh, man that uh, uh oh miranda lambert song vice that came out i love that song right so good yeah there are there are, i like the chicks there's a lot of good chicks coming around the <coughs> corner that are that are that are still super traditional country that carry themselves well that i like as well mm-hmm. and there's a lot of them out there that are coming out that just have huge voices and write there's songs out like that one, um, um, I Hope, Gabby Barrett, I think her, her name is, and it's uh, 
dude, it talks about a relationship and it talks about um, how he cheated on her. And then she's like giving him kudos. Hey, I'm glad you found this next one. I hope I hope she's everything. And then I hope she cheats on you like you cheated on me. That's uh, the end of it. I'm like, dude, that's so awesome. I we, uh, man, I, I was listening to some Kenny Rogers the other day. Have you, you ever heard The Coward of the County? Absolutely. Dude, you know what that song's about? No, what's <laughs> it about? I mean, it's about is this guy that uh was was a like basically a pacifist, like of of didn't fight, wouldn't fight. Everybody called him a coward, and then and then some dudes came and gang raped his wife, and he went and either beat the shit out of them or killed them. Like it's not really clear what happened in the song. Right. Just uh, not not a Gatlin boy was standing when he left the bar room. It's true. So. Yeah, I do remember that. But like that, uh, there's a song called A Rake and a Rambling Man that Don Williams put out. Have you ever heard that? I have not heard that one. It's about a guy knocking up a girl on a one-night stand and then having to get a job and, and raise a kid and, and be a daddy. Right. You know? Uh, like, man, I always thought that, like, country music was about that. Like, not about, you know, raping. Sure. Knocking people About real-life stuff. But shit that, like, happens. Yeah. Like, shit, like. But but in a way that like made everybody understand that it it is a normal thing, but it happens to everybody. And now, like I just I find like a lot of the 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 songs now are like basically the same subject matter. Just party, I love you, girl. What else? <laughs> like we back. Hell hell right, hell right, we back. Uh, right. That's what we, we say that on the bus. Hell right, we back. <laughs> I'm probably going to start saying that. You know, there's one song I just can't stand that's out right now, and I tease our, our program director all the time, and it's that Blake Shelton um, song, um, um, Dive Bar, with Garth Brooks. I cannot stand that song. I just I just sit back, and I'm like, he should just stick to I don't to... want to say it. Yeah, I, I did. I don't like it either. I, I just, it's okay. I mean, you're, everyone's entitled I to love, an opinion. Man, I've, I, I grew up listening to Garth, man. Garth. Yeah, like his first three <laughs> records were like these such great great songs man we back all right we all right we back all right we back <laughs> yeah dude garth garth in his prime he was probably one of the one of the um first country shows i, I ever saw and I, i'll never take that out of my mind that was back when the dance and the river and everything was out there I'm, i met him one time backstage at the grand old opry i was playing for this guy named ray scott i don't know if you're familiar with ray and we were playing out front at the stage called, uh, they called it the Plaza Party. But they gave us a dressing room at, backstage at the Opry. So it was the 80th anniversary of the Opry, and Garth was coming in. And they were going to give Garth like this whole half hour, but they were cutting like little Jimmy Dickens and Porter Wagner and Steve Warner out of the set. Wow. And Garth called him back and said, if you don't put them in the set with me, then I'm not doing it. Good for so, him. So, yeah, he's always like, but anyway, I was backstage. They sent me to get our credentials from the, like, check-in desk yep. backstage. Garth walks in. And, man, I, like, I was about 26 at the time. I hadn't, I had been in Nashville enough that I'd, like, been around some, quite a few celebrities. I didn't really get starstruck. Oh my God! That's Garth Brooks, and I just—I know he like looked at me and said, "Oh shit!" And he like <laughs> he stopped and he talked to me for like ten minutes. Like we, he just like shot the shit, asking me questions about me, like right where I was from, how did I? I was like, "Oh man, I learned how to play piano, listening to your music." 
he was like, oh, that's Bobby Wood played piano and all that. Like, and he's, you know, giving credit to somebody else. And at the end of the night or at the end of the conversation, I was just like, Garth, I know you're busy. You got shit to do. I was like, but if I get something for you to sign, will you sign it? And he said, sure. And so I went about my way. We did our set out front. I, uh, at the time there was a tower records at Opry Mills, the, the mall. Yeah. And I went across and I bought the, his first record because it had the lightest cover. I thought a Sharpie would show up the best on it. So I went backstage for the opera and dude, it was a, an amazing show. Like diamond Rio was on it. And, wow. uh, uh, like Travis Tritt, and Charlie pride. And, it was the 80th anniversary show. So yeah. it was a big deal. And so I'm, I'm just like meandering around backstage with this CD in my back pocket, waiting to run into Garth and he's just not anywhere to be found. And so I was going to walk outside and smoke a cigarette. So I went back around to go out the back door and I turned that corner and there's this little foyer back there right next to this security desk. And he was having a press conference, right? And it was Garth like up against this wall. And like 30 reporters in a semicircle, like half circle surrounding him. And dude, they're shouting questions. Turned, it was his first public performance in like five years. Like he had, he had this when he took his break. Right. So here's Garth. These reporters are screaming questions at him. And earlier in the day when I'd seen him, he was wearing like coveralls and a ball cap. And he was like chill and cool. He was Garth. He was, but yeah. Now he was Garth. He had the hat on. I remember thinking that if his shoulders were any further back, they were gonna touch. Like he was just like it was like Superman walking walking around the corner. I'm like, well, there's no way I'm getting to the door to go smoke. There's no way I'm getting my CD signed. So I turn and walk away, and I hear, "Hey Ward, did you get something for me to sign?" <laughs> and I turn around. And here's Garth, and he's peeking up all over the heads of all these reporters. Those reporters, like, have their all their heads turned, and they're looking at me, and they just kind of opened up, and I walked up, and he signed my autograph, and he signed my pass for my sister, and it was... Good I, man. I, I was like a, a, yeah, I was like a 14-year-old girl at a Taylor Swift concert. I really hate to say it, but I don't like Dive Bar either. <laughs> don't like what? D- dive Bar. Oh, yeah, I don't. <laughs> it's a bummer because I sit back. I mean, you you just have all these memories. And then I, I like legit, um, I'm on the air from, from noon to five, Mondays through Fridays. And every day after like three o'clock, that song comes on. And I always make some smart ass comment about it. I'm like, I just, I just don't understand it. Uh. Like he's, he's. He's Garth. Yeah, like, but that doesn't mean anything. And He put out a record a few years ago. There was some, a song on there, like the Mama song, I think. Dude, it was great. It was like an old Garth song, but radio wouldn't play it. Right. Know? Like, it was too good. Well, I don't understand the lo- I, I I don't think I'll ever understand the logic in that, just because an artist in today's world might have one decent song. They don't support it at all. They don't want to. They don't care to. And the end of the day is kind of like that could help them and change them and move them on. And But there has to be some sort of something that actually gets them moving for them to play stuff. And Yeah, I, yeah, there's got to be some some incentive. I was... It's frustrating. It, it's that way in this world, too. Like, I can't, I can't remember what I, uh, I called my manager. Me and Cody had the same manager, and I called him one day, and I said, hey, man, why don't we do this? I can't remember what it was. And he said, because Cody will have to go down there and do a fucking show for that guy, and I'm not going to do it. I'm not mad at that. At yeah. the end of the day, it's live and learn. Like, I met a couple guys at True Grit. We met them out at uh, 
um, the Loud and Heavy Fest, all good dudes. Did you meet? Did you meet Arthur? Man, I don't remember who. He's the guy. It's it's his thing. You, you, you probably either met him or Mike Krug. Everyone was super nice to us, super hospitable. Walked us around, gave us whatever we needed. They, they keep you on the road and doing what you're doing. That's kind of all that really matters, right? Yeah, yeah. And they believe in you. Yeah. That's the other side of it all. Yeah, man. Art when when it started, I met Art. He was managing Cody and Whitey Morgan, and he had an assistant. And it was just him, but he I I bugged him for a year trying to get him to manage me, and he just wouldn't. Right. And then one day he called and he said, "Do you want me to be your manager?" And I was like, "Yeah, fuck." And he's like, "Well, I'm not gonna do it." And it's like it's a personal thing. Like it's not a, like you're my, like I'm your guy. You're my guy. We're this is not a business yeah. agreement. This is personal. Cool. And I said, uh, "All right, what do I sign?" And he said, "You don't." He's like, "We shake hands." Dude, that's old school. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, dude, that's the way it should be across the board. But then you'd never get songs played on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> It's I just, promise. I promise. Not. Thanks for the time today. This oh, has you're been welcome, fun. man. I'm gonna go grab a shower and you uh, do it. Uh, uh, Have some, fun tonight. Some Jameson. Is that what you guys want? I gotta get you some liquor. I like Jameson. All right, all right, all right. That's the end of this one. Go ahead, roll credits. Recorded by Toad. Produced by Toad. Booked by Toad. Voiced over by Toad. You know what? Toad would just like to go ahead and take this moment to thank you so that he doesn't have to go back and do his real job. 